While COVID-19 has accelerated consolidations and closures throughout the financial industry, there still are thousands upon thousands of banks across the United States. And while the top handful of financial institutions control a disproportionate percentage of total deposits and assets, the fact remains that, at least in terms of sheer numbers, community banks and credit unions still account for about 97% of all financial institutions. Chances are you've run into one of these local neighborhood bankers or neighborhood banks, maybe a bank at one of these neighborhood banks. Given their ubiquity and their essential role in towns, cities, and rural centers across the U.S., it's likely you've seen the positive impact of community banks firsthand. Smaller local banks and credit unions are important pillars of their community. According to FDIC-insured, Massachusetts-based Pentucket Bank, local banks invest in their surrounding community, they support community organizations, they provide personalized service, they focus on outcomes other than pure profit, and on top of all that, oftentimes provide platforms, tools, and products that are identical to or on par with the larger banks, and often at a lower price. Community banks are crucial. In an article entitled Community Bank's Ongoing Role in the U.S. Economy, risk analysts at the Federal Reserve Bank of Kansas City argue that, quote, community banks remain critical providers of financial services despite industry consolidation, and they'll continue to play an important role in their local communities and the broader economy in the future. Today I sit down with Neil Oliver, Vice President and Relationship Banker at First Reliance Bank. First Reliance, based in Florence, South Carolina, with a branch closer to home here in Mount Pleasant, has been a major supporter of our local economy building efforts at Low Country Local First, particularly as the presenting sponsor of our Good Business Summit. Among other things, Neil and I discuss, as you can imagine, the importance of banking locally. And since this interview was recorded back during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, we dig into some of the ways that local financial ecosystems can adapt to global crises. Let's get into it. Neil, I'd like to ask you a little bit about yourself, a little bit about what you do, and a little bit about the bank, but would you first mind just introducing yourself, telling us who you are, what your role is at First Reliance, how long you've been with them, all that good stuff? Sure, Stephen. It's it's my pleasure to be involved with you guys as a partner. Um, you know, we're, we're, a, we're a growing bank, and it, it certainly uh, helps to have good partnerships with the community like you guys um, to plug us in and and get us uh, get our word out about what we do for our community, um, and certainly appreciate you guys uh, including us in the podcast. I, I know there's a lot of interesting people out there to talk to, and I'm I'm thrilled that uh, a banker made made a <laughs> priority here to to be able to reach out and, and tell us a little bit about what we do as a bank. Um, but my name's Neil Oliver. I am with First Reliance Bank here in Mount Pleasant. Um, I've been with the bank for. Uh, a little over 13 years. Um, we've uh, we've we've got one uh, branch here in Mount Pleasant uh, that was opened in 2005. Uh, our, our headquarters are based out of Florence, South Carolina, which is right up the road, about two hours up I-95. Um, our executive leadership has been at the helm since 1999. The, the CEO is Rick Saunders. He's been running the bank ever since. Um, he thoroughly enjoys it, and uh, he's been running it for 21 years now. So we're, we're rounding the 21-year mark here as a bank, as a as a company. Um, wow. You know, we've never never merged with anybody. We've we've bought. Uh, we actually recently acquired a bank a couple, a few years ago up in Greenville, a, a, a smaller bank. Um, 
just to give us some branch presence, but we've never sure. merged. It's kind of been a, uh, a good experience of just organic growth within the communities. Um, right now we serve North and South Carolina. We just broke into North Carolina, um, but we do in South Carolina serve the three main uh, city hubs, uh, Charleston being one of them. Uh, we're in Columbia and Lexington area. And then we started the upstate in, in Greenville and we got some outlying markets in Myrtle Beach um, here in South Carolina. And then we've, we've just broke into the North Charlotte, Winston-Salem areas in, in North Carolina. So we are a smaller bank. Uh, we're about $700 million in asset size, which is on the smaller scale of banks, uh, believe it or not. But um, we've got some aggressive growth goals out there um, here in the near future. Next few years, we want to hit the um, – the billion dollar uh, in size—that's uh, our our one of our main goals here on on growing the bank. And you know, we don't want to be a big bank just for the sake of being a big bank. That opens up a lot of opportunities uh, for our our associates, our customers, and for our investors. You know, a little bit more uh, liquidity to their investment um, opens up some doors as far as uh, compliance and regulatory issues and you know, ease into that, uh, and a couple of other things, but we are a, a good homegrown local community bank that loves serving our markets that we were in. That's really cool, Neil. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting to hear the story of a kind of locally rooted financial institution, particularly one that's been so successful and been around for so long. Um, what do you attribute your uh, or the bank's rather success to as a community bank? I mean, what does it what does it mean to be a community bank that wants to grow? What are the benefits of being connected in to the local community? We do a lot of talk about making intentional reinvestments in the low country, whether you're a business owner or you're a, a patron of local businesses. I mean, why it's so important to do so. Uh, what, what draws you to First Reliance? You could be working for one of the big guys out there, but you're here working for a Florence-based bank. There's only about 35 or 40 South Carolina-based banks. So what draws you to First Reliance? Um, you know, I, not to say there's anything wrong with the big bank or the small bank. Uh, they've both got perks on both sides. Um, you know, community bank, I feel more grounded to my my clients, Um you know, we're, we're known as relationship bankers around here. Um, and that, that title really means something. Um, you know, I've got 13, 13 years going on, uh, 14 under the helm here. I've gotten clients 13 years ago. They're still with me today. Um, I think it's very important for, you know, business owners, you know, you talk to a lot of seasoned entrepreneurs, they'll say, all right, what do you, what do you do first? Right. So I, I think that you'll hear a lot of them say, well, sign on with a CPA and an attorney. They'll help you uh, with a lot of aspects of your business that you might not think off the bat. And they'll save you probably a lot of headache and money in the long run. Sure. Um, I think that there's a lot of other professions that you could probably plug in there. I think bankers are one of them. Um, mm. You know, if, if, if somebody comes in wanting to start a business or open up a company, um, that has little to no experience. Um, you know, we've got professionals that we partner with in the community um, that I I would send my own sister to. Um, you know, whether it be a CPA, a you know, an attorney, anybody, contractors, anybody like that. So 
um, having that that deep root in the community and relationships that you establish with with clients and customers. Um, that's number one. And, and, you know, as far as giving back, um, you know, my advice is what you pay for it, which is free. Uh, I meet with a lot of people. Some end up doing business with me, some, some don't. Uh, but I always enjoy meeting the variety of people out there that, that do have, um, the guts to start their own company here locally. That's not a hard feat or not an easy feat at all. Um, it's, uh, it's something to really, you know, it takes a special person to do that, take the risk. Um, you know, everybody's got bills to pay and probably pe- people to feed, mainly kids and uh, other aspects of your life. So to be able to break free and start your own company, um, it, it takes that, that takes guts. And I, I'm proud to link on with those people and help them guide through the, the various things that you may be able to protect, you may not be able to. Um, and, and really, you know, the diverse diversity behind my clients, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with anybody from a local, you know, tour company to a software engineer company. Um, you know, you really get to look under the hoods on on a lot of, uh, different businesses and companies, uh, and industries, um, and really figure out what works that, what doesn't work. I think that's really interesting part of my job. Uh, it's what gets me up in the morning and probably keeps me up at night, uh, just thinking about different things. And I think that's the most interesting part of my job and, and being able to, you know, obviously a lot of that's pro- proprietary information, but if you see somebody that's doing something well and, you know, certain part of their books looks a certain way and you see another client that, you know, their books are a little bit off, you can say, Hey, how about, you know, mold your books in a way that may make it easier moving forward and helping them kind of um, design that uh, with the help of obviously CPAs um, and, and their input as well as the business owner, um, you know, and just being able to see the different aspects of different uh, companies is, is thrilling. Yeah, I think that's powerful, Neil. Well said. I think it can't go stated enough that it is important to establish a relationship, particularly with a community bank or community banker early on in, in your business and maybe even before you've become a business. A lot of our members at Low Country Local First, of which we've got over 450 established a relationship with a bank years ago. And it was that long lasting relationship with a community bank that allowed them to so easily and seamlessly pull those PPP funds, uh, those idle loans, um, those transactions went, you know, just anecdotally, I can say this, but those transactions went a lot more smoothly when they were with some of our community banks, some of our South Carolina headquartered uh, financial institutions. So that's fantastic to hear about First Reliance's commitment to relationship banking. I know you mentioned yeah, and I, I will add, Steve. Yeah, that, please. That you know, businesses do go through transformations. You know, you may you may have a sole prop, you may have a company that you own one hundred percent of, you may have a partner that you you get along well with now, but eventually it kind of your plans deviate. Not to say they start slinging mud at each other, but it happens. It, it, you know, sometimes they de- deviate and it heals itself. Sometimes they deviate, plans deviate, and they don't. Um, yeah, so so really structuring and, and surrounding yourself with good people that can advise you on those changes. And, you know, some of the changes are internal. Some of them are external. You know, we just saw, like you said, the, the coronavirus. That, you know, I woke up, actually, I was on the way back from Colorado with my wife, and, the, you know, we were talking about, should we wear a mask on the plane, which now that's kind of, you know, 
standard talk, but back then it wasn't even a year and a quarter ago that we were talking about that. Sure. We landed and I said, um, you know, this is going to be, if it, if it gets to be spreading in the United States, this is going to be very interesting to see how companies pivot their mode of operating. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, just looking at the businesses and the way they're, they're operating now versus a year ago in trying to maintain the revenue, trying to maintain the payroll, um, trying different things within their operation. It's been fascinating to me. Um, yeah. Have you, can you think of an example or a specific time? We don't want to dig too deeply into any one of your clients because, as you mentioned before, I'm sure some of it's proprietary and personal. But are there examples that you can point to where clients of yours would have done better with a community bank like you than they would have if they were with someone else, particularly given that it was a bizarre set of circumstances during the pandemic? Sure. And so we'll, yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, the, the day that the, um, you know, like Steve Mnuchin came on TV, you know, they had that coronavirus task force. that was every day at four thirty or five. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I remember getting home and Mnuchin got on TV and said, all right, guys, and we can hear, we've been hearing rumblings about the PPP and kind of the structure to that, but it wasn't anything that I'd really dove deep into. Um, but he got on TV and said, all right, this, this is Thursday evening. And my wife was sitting there and she said, oh, he's on TV. And said, all right, we'll turn everything off. Let's listen to him. And he said, all right, go see your community banker tomorrow. It's Thursday evening at five. <laughs> and right. the, the next day they're supposed to go see your banker about the PPP loan. Huh. And I said, I don't know about any other banks, but we're, we're not set up. We're not huh. any, anywhere close to being set up. I mean, obviously we're, the direction was, let's get this thing rocking and rolling as soon as possible. But, right. you know, we weren't ready to set up applications and all that sure. stuff. And I've got several neighbors that live down my street that work at other banks that are community banks too. And we, we talk about, you know, various things. And I texted them and said, Hey, are y'all, are y'all set up for this? And all of them said no. And so mm-hmm. that was the, that was the nerve wracking part of my job was, you know, I've got, you know, a thousand customers here and, they're all wanting to know, hey, Neil's got the answer for the PPP loan. And finally, you know, I think I went through three cell phone batteries that next day. <laughs> but at some point I had to say, all right, everybody stop. Let me just draft this blind CC email and say, here's where we are now. Right. Um, here's here, here's where we plan to be, you know, but be patient with us as we roll out the infrastructure involved with this PPP. I know you're hearing things on the news. Oh, my buddy's got it a loan. No problem, you know. Just be patient. Everybody's going to get their get their money. Just we've got to make sure everything's properly set up, and even some of the SBA parameters weren't weren't pure in their you know the way they were eventually going to be set up. So sure. I think that communication, um, and you get back to the relationship banking, having that relationship there. You know, I copied you know four hundred people on this blind copied email and said, hey. There's everybody from a sole prop on here to a you know controller for a multi-million dollar company on this email. My point is to get some information involved, or you know, involving the PPP specific to your relationship sure. with the First Alliance Bank. Here's the process. Here, here's what's going to roll out to be. You know, not to say there weren't frustrations that we didn't have everything set up uh, the first day, much less the following Monday. But you know, it started started getting traction, started, you know, getting down the road of getting everything set up. But my daily update to these folks, it was key to them. I think that was very, very important. Um, so 
you know, the relationship banking piece, you know, you got relationships with a lot of people, you know, I've got, I mean, I've got one with my veterinarian. Um, but you know, having that communication piece is very, very important to, to me and to them. Um, a former boss of mine said, you can never over communicate. And that's very important. You'd rather have somebody say, Hey, stop, stop communicating with me. I've had it. I've had enough. I haven't had anybody say that, but when you're not communicating, that's when the problems arise. So specific to the PPP, there was a lot of confusion there. So it was, it was fun. It wasn't a fun time, but it was, it was great to see that piece of it come together, delivering the checks and saying, all right, this is, this is going to help the community out tremendously. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And being able to deploy that, you know, whoever in DC said, Hey, instead of us and the SBA rolling this, program out why don't we why don't we have the banks that we insure do it for us so that was uh that was genius on their part but it was a bit of a workload for me and all of my colleagues not only for my bank but other banks as well because we you know we all we all kind of know each other at other banks so you know always bouncing ideas which is which is fun to do too well i've been called in so many words uh an over communicator. So I'm part of that elite group of very obnoxious <laughs> humans myself, I suppose. Absolutely. It's a, uh, it's, it's so important to be transparent when you when you're building these relationships and, and it's incredible to hear a story where a banker um, or a, or a branch manager like yourself is, is actually reaching out to his community of clients and customers um, and letting them know, you know, we don't have all the answers at the time, but we are striving to get them and we're working hard for you proactively. And here's where we are and here's where we've been and here's where we want to go. That's certainly not a roadmap that you're always offered when you're working Absolutely. with a, a larger So I would, I would advise that any, any of the members in Low Country Local First, you know, if you, if you don't know your banker, if you don't have a banker, if you're, if you've just lost a banker and you're like, man, I don't know, they've just, you know, my banker just moved banks or retired. Um, find a banker, you know, establish a relationship with them. If, if you, if you don't want to get to know them, you know, let me know. <laughs> I'll get to know you. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of our clients, a lot of my clients are friends of mine. Um, you know, not everybody's a friend of mine, but you know, we've got that ongoing relationship um, that a lot of them do end up becoming friends to where I can call them up and, you know, know them by, you know, obviously first name, but know their family members, know what they're going through in life. Um, you know, a lot of our bankers pride themselves on saying, you know, I, I, I do know them in, you know, on a, on a more than a bank banking relationship, but you know, they're, they're friends of mine and I know what they're going through. You know, there's seasons, seasons of life. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes your banker's your best friend. Sometimes you want to throw a brick at them, but Mm -hmm. it's having that dialogue there. That's very important. Um, that way you can kind of, you know, bring everything back to home base and say, all right, let's, we're all on the same page here. We all want to see each, you know, the bank and the banker and the business owner be successful and make good decisions in the long run. So it's all about the dialogue there, making sure it's healthy. And if you're engaged in a banking relationship with Neil, um, they are a great bank, but I'm looking through the Zoom call we're on right now because this is being conducted virtually and he is in an office with a bunch of floor ceiling windows. So please don't get so angry at him that you throw a brick through his window. Uh, that could cause a real, <laughs> a real problem. Yeah, the light keeps me alive and my suntan going. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's nice. It's nice in there. Um, Absolutely. I, I, however, am in a windowless room right now. So uh, I'm envious of all the vitamin D you're getting. <laughs> Listen, uh, Neil. Uh, first off, before we uh, before we pivot, do you uh, do you give your cell phone number out to folks? 
I do. It's on my okay, business card. Don't have to now, but I'm just curious. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a tried and true mark of a, of a banker who really is willing to make a meaningful relationship with folks. Absolutely. That's uh, that's my main method of communication. So if you can't get me on my office line, call myself in because I'm probably out there trying to drum up some business. And that's cool. Um, all right, Neil, let me know how, uh, you know, a lot of our businesses, obviously, the last year has been a crapshoot for businesses in terms of making financial projections or in terms of determining whether they're even going to be solvent for X number of months or years in the future. Should they make adjustments? Should they pivot in one way or another? There's been a lot of unknowns for the last 12 months, as you know. What has First Reliance been up against in terms of obstacles and opportunities? What has the pandemic presented to your bank um, that has forced it to confront with an uncertain future? And, and how are you dealing with that? Are you speaking in regards to the bank operation? Yeah, in terms of, exactly. So in terms of First Reliance being an, another local institution that has to deal with these uh, gigantic uncertainties that a global pandemic brings, um, has First Reliance seen problems working yes or operationally that they've had to kind of overcome and how have you done so and and what sorts of measures have you all been putting in a place we don't have to get too into the weeds or under the hood but just curious how you as a bank have pivoted given the uh, effects and consequences of covid yeah sure so you know it was an unknown for a lot of, of a lot of banks and business owners uh, we there was a lot of looming risks there that we just didn't know what was going to happen as a response to this uh, this pandemic. So, you know, I think the two things that banks work hard to maintain, um, you know, on an ongoing basis, especially when there's unforeseen risks, is their liquidity and capital ratios. We just we've always been really, really good and, and prudent to make sure those levels are adequate. Um, I think we boosted those up um, to make sure we're geared up for the unknown. Um, and those are two things that will sink a bank faster than anything is la- lack of liquidity and lack of capital. Um, so those are maintained at good levels. And then, you know, we just, we tweaked our loan policy um, just slightly to make sure we weren't taking on risks um, that were a little too high for the unknown risks that were out there, you know, with the pandemic, you know, nobody knew what was going to be coming, you know, closures of businesses, uh, you know, lockdowns, you know, forced, you know, forced pauses in, in normal uh, businesses that would disrupt the normal cash flow. So we didn't want to, we want didn't want to take on too much risks uh, as associated with that. And, you know, business owners, when they would come to us for uh, loans, as they normally do, you know, we were careful to make sure that they were aware of the risks that that they would be seeing here in the near future. Um, you know, not to say we cut off lending at all. Uh, we, we had a really, really good year last year. Um, we were just very, very careful making sure our clients were making the best choices out there when it came to borrowing money during that time frame. And you obviously had clients and customers stick with you through the pandemic. It sounds like your assets are on the verge of, of hitting a billion, at least in the next year or so. And so it sounds like there was growth and development in the company, even through the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, you, we were able to help some non-banking 
customers uh, or non-customer business owners to that process. You know, they may not have that relationship they were talking about. Sure. Like you guys, we kind of put the uh, the platform out there. So if anybody wants uh, some help, let us know. We're glad to walk them through um, through that process. We we helped a a tremendous amount of uh, you know non customers out there that eventually became became customers. That's awesome. That's the name of the game. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Leading with some altruism and some guidance and some value and then kind of, uh, you know, closing the deal, so to speak later, um, but not contingent on uh, that transaction is always the, it's the way to go, especially here. We're a 501c3 ourselves. We're a mission based low country, local first is. So I can, I can relate to that for folks who don't like you guys going virtually with your business summit. That was, that was picture perfect. I mean, you guys, you didn't have a lot of time to think about it. You're used to meeting in person and it's, very difficult to have an interactive meeting like that virtually. Um, yep. So, yep. so I, I would applaud you guys for for changing your plans at the last minute, pulling an audible, audible, and having that that success that you guys had. And hopefully, we'll be back in person because nothing beats that, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, couldn't agree more. We really appreciate that. Neil, of course, is talking about our eighth annual Good Business Summit, which was made possible largely due to First Reliance Banks support as a presenting sponsor. So we really thank them for their vision and guidance on that. Couldn't have done it without you, truly. Um, And we really appreciated Rick, your CEO, speaking at the opening remarks. He did a great job. And it's very obvious from listening to him and listening to you that making that intentional choice to work locally with business owners is is part of your mantra. So we really really do appreciate that. And for folks who are listening in and doing- a tremendous amount of respect for Rick. So- He's uh, I've known him since I started at the bank in 2007. So um, he's he's a he's one of the main reasons I'm I'm here. Yeah, it's a great family story, a great local story for folks who are looking for a bank. As I mentioned, there are at least 35 local institutions. But First Reliance is one of a, a smaller subset of that that's closer to home right in our backyard in Florence, South Carolina. So they're definitely worth investigating, um, particularly if you're an LLF member. I can get you connected into Neil and his network, and they've got, I know they're always running a great deal or promotion. So it's definitely worth something. Uh, it's definitely something worth exploring, rather. For folks who are listening in, I will mention that there is a Mount Pleasant branch, which I assume you are speaking to me from right now. Is that right? I'm, I'm front and center. We've got a, a branch that is on Shelmore Boulevard. If you drive across the Ravenel Bridge, we are the third traffic light on the left. Um, you'll see the CVS there, and we're right behind it. Um, beautiful branch we built in 2007. It's got windows everywhere, bright and sunny. And um, usually we have coffee <laughs> for our customers and non-customers. We took it away for COVID. Hopefully that'll be back in action and the Keurig's going to be um, brewing some good stuff here soon. So stop by and have a have a coffee anytime with us. Um, we'd love to, love, to, love to meet you. For, for a bank that is relationship-based and is certainly a community bank uh, in many ways, how do you work with technology and how do you offer technology solutions to your customers? Um, so we're, we're, that's a big part of our deal right now is, is morphing into that technology. And I'm, I'm looking at my phone right now. We're, we're treating this phone as a bank. Uh, you know, the digital banking is the, the word of the year um, for the banking business right now. Um, Lots of banks are putting a tremendous amount of capital into developing that. Now, you know, obviously, 
the bigger banks, the national banks, have a lot more um, money to throw at that platform. Um, so we're we're keeping up right now. We just actually ma- just had a uh, it was a, a it was a massive online banking transition over from one platform to another. That's going to provide us with a lot more infrastructure um, and tools to give to our customers. You know nice. the um, the in person banking um, where people just come to the bank, uh, that's declining. It's not just us, it's industry wide because, mm. you know, the cell phone is capable of doing more. Um, sure. and, and it's funny. We talk all the time. Banks kind of, uh, are doing this to themselves cause they've been pushing more stuff onto the customer to be able to, you know, deposit checks through their telephone or through a device at their office. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of people that don't know that that technology exists, which is plenty of opportunity for us, but there's a lot of people that are used to it and, and making that transition from one bank, uh, to another, if you, if you've got a bank right now that you're maybe not happy with, they've got you so plugged in and intertwined that you got all this technology, you know, coming in and out of your account mm-hmm. that it makes it hard to transition. So that's, that's the main thing that I run into when I'm talking to even, even good friends that operate and own companies is, man, I'd love to make the switch. And, uh, you know, I just, I just don't have the time to do all the stuff that's involved right. in making that transition. So that's my job. That's what I do a lot of my day is helping people make that transition. Cause you, you know, you can, you can walk the walk. I can go out there and push the bank and, and say, Oh yeah, bring it over. But it's actually getting the weeds and helping them move it over. That's the, that's the difficult piece. And a digital piece of that is a big, a big, big piece that we, are putting front and center. Um, you know, we want, we want to make the lives of our customers, uh, better, um, in, in regards to their banking. And a lot of that is the ease of use of doing your banking business. You know, people don't want to drive to the bank and make deposits anymore. They want to be able to sit in front of their computer and do everything right there. Um, mm-hmm. without having to call a banker sure. to walk them through it or anything like that. So that's, that's front and center where we've got, we've gotten a lot of work done on that front and, it, and it's, and it's showing, um, especially with the, the online transition we did last month. Um, we had a lot of people, a lot of resources that we kind of, uh, shifted over to help through that phase. Um, and, it, and it's coming together very, very nicely. Um, we'll, we've got a plan probably over the next six months to add more features to this new platform. Um, I'm talking about like a get, mobile app, right? Well, we've got the mobile app. Uh, we've got the you know the check scanning, check you know right, deposits right. and all that stuff. Yep. We use you one know, of those over as, here. Yep, yep. Getting the uh, the tokens live. Everybody uses tokens nowadays. The authenticator, right? We can thank the crooks for having that. But you know, it's a multifaceted, <laughs> multifactored authenticator that people utilize um, to be able to you know not only log in but to send ACH uh, sure. ACH transactions wires domestic and international mm-hmm. just making that all at your fingertips uh, cool. that's the biggest goal there um and you know we're all integrating that putting a lot of time effort energy to, to get that to get that better i was on a conference call this morning with our with our team that helped uh, implement that and we're you know the good thing about a community bank is we are they are open to uh feedback so we're we're looking mm-hmm. at a 90 day um call with all the branch managers and the frontline staff saying, Hey, you know, let's get all, all of us together, 
figure out what's what's wrong with what the platform that we just implemented. Um, get some feedback from what are what are customers telling you? Um, is it good? Is it bad? Is it something that we we can improve upon? And then we'll make those suggestions from the front line to our back office team and say, hey, you know. I know there's some flexibility there. Here's some of the flexibility we want, and let's see if we can implement it and make that change for our for our customers. You know, and we we hear you guys loud and clear. You know, if, if there's you know from my clients, I I ask all the time, how's your online banking experience? And uh, sometimes it's great. Sometimes they're like, man, this thing is this part of it is aggravating. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones we want to hear from to be able to improve because if they don't if they don't tell us, we we don't know. We only know what we use personally. And we're, you know, I'm, I don't own a co- company, so I'm not sending online wires and ACHs. So if that, if that part is a painful part of it, whether you bank with me or another bank, we're, we're in the game of improving that. Well, it sounds like y'all do a great job of achieving the, um, the difficult task of merging faceless technology with face-to-face, real, meaningful neighborhood interactions. I mean, that's that's an incredible thing to be able to balance. So, yeah, we'll be following along here. I know we, uh, you know, we're big fans of, of First Reliance's products, and uh, yeah, it's certainly nice to be able to use tech. Yeah, you got to be able yeah. to use technology. I mean, it's 2021, so there are a lot of I, we talk a lot to local businesses who are just not, you know, for one reason or another in, in embracing, even in 2021, some form of technology and whether you're a shoe store and you're not at least exploring some element of e-commerce or you're a small community financial institution and you don't have an app, it's just going to be tough to compete. It sure is. And, you know, we, we, we recognize that, um, we've got a lot of younger bankers here, you know, under the age of 40. So we're pushing hard on that front, um, to, pour more money and capital into that because I mean, regardless of the industry, like you said, you could be up in banking and have, you know, banking technology there. And that, you know, there's new companies being developed all day long that are competing with their, their non-bank companies. You know, you mm-hmm. hear, uh, mint, you know, you think of anything sure. from mint to, um, you know, Venmo, those kinds that we're competing against. Sure. Um, and we're, we're working with them and, you know, to not only, I mean, obviously we're competitors, but let's, let's partner with them because they've got technology platforms and they're not scrutinized by the same regulatory issues that we are, um, which allows freedoms from both ends. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, regardless if you're in banking, um, you know, heating and air, whatever you are in, you know, you can think about this from a marketing standpoint, you're no further than about three feet from your phone at all times. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you're cooking, working, driving, or sleeping. And so if you're not, if you're a business owner and you're not plugged in with the little device that is at everybody's fingertips, I would say get on that platform as quickly as possible. Uh, Cause that, that's what it's all going to. I think we all know that. Um, but that, that's gotta be front and center for everybody in my opinion. Yeah, really good point. All right, we're going to wrap it up in a minute, Neil, but I, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't circle back to a couple questions about First Reliance's view on business as a force for good. Every year we put on our Good Business Summit with the understanding that business owners can make a whole bunch of decisions and those decisions can be decisions that look at the bottom line, but they can also be decisions that look at how they can improve their community in some way, shape or form. 
Does First Reliance see business as a force for good in some capacity? And if so, how do you all walk the walk there? Um, you know, we, we absolutely do. Um, not only in helping, you know, that's our main core uh, focus is the small to medium-sized businesses in our, in our community. Um, and, you know, they, they certainly are the ones that keep the movement of money in, in your economy, especially locally, functioning. Um, we've got a thriving com- community down here in Charleston. I think we've we've not seen the brunt of this COVID pandemic uh, here that we've seen in other parts of the country, um, and that's part of the reason why people are moving here in droves. Um, and so, you know, giving back to the community is driven a lot by by local business. Um, uh, you know, the bank included. We we're, we 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 incent people associates to to give back to get involved um you know do what you're passionate uh in doing you know any kind of volunteer work you got to be passionate behind it because if you're not you're going to do something you kind of fizzle out right so we 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 really strive hard to say all right think about something that you are passionate about it could be you know helping the homeless could be helping the you know shelter dogs and cats could be you know some of these local, um, you know, like eco comes to mind, habitat for humanity, get something, Mm -hmm. uh, get involved in something that really you're passionate about. I think a lot of local businesses do that as well. Um, you know, if you've got a trade that you're, you're focused on doing, you know, there's an element that's pro bono. Um, sure. You know, anything like that helps our community tremendously. And I think a lot of that does come from the, the small businesses, um, that are here, and, 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 you know, keeping, keeping the community together, you know, you've got a big sounding board with your employees and your associates. They listen to you, they believe in you. Um, and so, you know, whatever you say, they, they, they kind of listen to, and, and, you know, if you say get involved and here's why everybody's got to have a why. And if you're, if you're sitting there and you do something that's directly impacting the community, I think that makes you feel, feel a lot better as a, as a uh, as a member of your community and as an associate of who you work for, it's great to hear that there is that encouragement from leadership at First Reliance for employees to, to get involved meaningfully in the community and different community um, activities and, and and fundraisers. That's fantastic. Of course, uh, for everyone listening and everyone who's a follower of LLF, we all know that another form of community activism and altruism is just patronizing local businesses, banking with local institutions, buying your uh, art supplies from uh, you know a local art supply store. That's a form of, of reinvestment in our community that each one of us can do every single day. Neil, how do you and your family make intentional choices to shift your spending to local? Do you all have certain restaurants or stores or retailers that you recommend to folks when they're in town? Uh, we do. Um you know, I'd be not walking the walk if I didn't do business with my customers, right? So, you know, every every everyone we spend a good bit of money with, you know, a good bit could be, you know, fifty bucks and up. You know, we we try to we try to support local. Um, That's cool. Could go from restaurants. I met I mentioned veterinarian. We 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 try to do all our shopping locally, um, supporting our you know customers. If I if I've got an HVAC customer. I'm going to use him for my HVAC. Uh, you know, if I've got a doctor that's my customer, I'm going to use them them as my doctor. Um, I think that's very important. Um, you know, and it shows 
good faith in their eyes too. Um, you know, I, I can't, you know, I can't think of any, any other way to do it. Yeah. Well, that's really cool. What's the name of that vet? Is it all creatures downtown or? It is all creatures. All creatures right on uh, Calhoun street for folks who are looking for a vet downtown. Yep. We should bring one of our pets That was another one that I saw that, uh, that was interesting when it came to the, the new way of doing business. You know, they've got, you know, the texting thing down pat, you go, you go sit in the parking lot, you text them, say, I'm here, I'm here, come, come get my dog. And then they're out with the technician and probably somebody else, maybe a doctor. And, uh, it's all virtual. Well, it's not virtual, but it's, it's all kind of shifting right, to just where digital. Yeah. Yeah. You don't need to really do much. Um, they handle everything, but yeah, kudos to those guys. They're, 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 they're great. And, um, certainly think the world of them. All right, Neil. Well, uh, it's been a pleasure. I want to thank you again for carving out a little time to chat with us. We are big fans of First Reliance. We're big fans of any local institution, financial or otherwise. So it's always a real treat to be able to pick your brain a little bit and find out why you choose to intentionally engage with the local community professionally and personally. So thank you again for being on the show. I wanted to hand you the mic and uh, ask whether you you had any other uh, comments that you'd like to make before we hang it up. Yeah, it was a it was a pleasure jamming with you today, Steve, and and certainly, you know, kudos to the business owners. They are the the people that keep this economy going, keep up the grind. Um, you know, I'm jealous of you guys and your guts to get out there and get it done in the community and whatever your trade is, um, keep it up. Um, I'm I'm proud of all you guys and gals, and um, you know, certainly here if you guys need me, um, we're uh, we're we're gonna keep it local and. Uh, keep it thriving, my friend. Great. Thanks so much, Neil. For folks who want to learn more about First Reliance Bank, Neil, can they reach out to you or is there another contact that they should reach uh, out to? Reach out to me directly. Um, if I don't have the uh, answer, I will certainly point you in the right direction. But um, my direct line at the bank is 843-789-1400. And I'll give up my cell phone number too, 843 843- Four two one three four nine four. I am here and ready to help in any way. There, there it is. Go send uh, Neil a text, and uh, yeah, start start banking with a community banker if you have not made that plunge yet. We uh, we thank everybody for listening in, and uh, Neil, we really appreciate you being on the show. Absolutely, anytime. Thanks for listening to another episode of Small Talks, Big Ideas with Steve. I am your host, Steve Fletcher. This is a program of Low Country Local First. We are the local independent business advocates of the Low Country of South Carolina. Be sure to learn more about us at our website at lowcountrylocalfirst.org. If you're a local independent business and want to learn more about joining our organization as a member or a sponsor, you can find out more information on that website as well. And thank you, of course, last but not least, to the Shingles for our Small Talks Big Ideas with Steve theme song. Take care, folks. We'll see you next month.